Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that I created to spotlight the people who produce, prepare, and preserve Tennessee's regional and Appalachian foods and agriculture. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. Today, we are sitting at the table with Bailey Foster, founder of a new business called A Real Good Kitchen. This is a food incubator set to launch in 2020 with the goal of improving our community through food, located on Magnolia Avenue in downtown East Knoxville, Tennessee. And Fred Sausman from Johnson City, Tennessee, shares a potluck radio segment from Mark and Sherry Gunther, owners of Muddy Pond Sorghum Mill and producers of Muddy Pond Sorghum. Also, I have news about a community potluck dinner coming up December the 20th in Greenback, Tennessee, for a good cause. And also news about how you can help hungry people in need for Christmas on December 14th and while doing so, possibly win a handmade bamboo fly fishing rod made by the hands of an East Tennessee fly fishing legend, Walter Babb, and also a shot at placing the winning bid for 10 dozen flies tied by Walter himself. These are his go-to nymphs that he uses when fly fishing the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. During the month of December, with our hearts in the giving spirit, I'm featuring food-focused businesses that help our community to be a better place to live. Also, agricultural products made by our neighbors here in Tennessee that make great gift ideas. A business that I'm spotlighting today that will be launching in East Knoxville in 2020 is a place called A Real Good Kitchen. Let's visit now with Bailey Foster, Knoxville native and founder of A Real Good Kitchen. So here we are today in this space called Real Good Kitchen, and tell us what this is about, please. We're, we're interested in really addressing problems that we see with access to licensed commercial kitchen space in Knoxville, um, and also the high cost and high risk of starting food businesses. At its sort of fundamental level, Real Good Kitchen is a shared commercial kitchen. We will be a you know open kitchen space with banks of hot equipment and prep tables and dry storage and cold and frozen storage. Um, so, you know, that's pretty simple. That's straightforward. Food businesses need to produce and license kitchens in order to sell their food. And so we want to create a fully licensed facility that's designed to be shared. And 
there's really not anything else like that in Knoxville right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are other kitchens and other restaurants where, um, you know, there's some sharing that's happening, but there's not a, a facility that's really designed to be shared by multiple businesses. But we also really want to be able to offer, in addition to this sort of physical co-working space for cooks, we really want to be, op- be able to offer other resources that food businesses need to be successful. Uh, business development resources, technical assistance in developing recipes and scaling those, you know, opportunities for food businesses to learn together about, you know, marketing, about taxes, about um, licenses, you know, all the things that that you need that are so complicated about running businesses and food businesses in particular. But we also really want to provide opportunities to build community and for collaboration among businesses. And you know, part of my work over the last couple of years in figuring out what kind of space and what kind of business Real Good Kitchen would be is, you know, visiting lots of other, you know, shared commercial kitchens and incubator kitchens across the country. And no matter what, the the thing that I heard so often from businesses using these kitchens is that the opportunities for collaboration and for learning of just through the community are so rich and mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. Um, so we certainly want to be part of creating a community uh, as well. In fact, a shared kitchen community is how I like to think about it. Yeah. Um, we want to incubate new businesses and provide opportunities for existing businesses to really grow and scale. Yes. For instance, you, you mentioned um, you know, marketing, all the different aspects it takes. And when we're all alone and trying to do everything ourselves, it just helps, like you were saying, to build the community Mm -hmm. so much. Right. Well, I mean, I think there are real barriers to access to in food businesses. I mean, the fact that you do have to work in a licensed kitchen, Mm -hmm. the fact that commercial kitchen equipment is really expensive, the Mm -hmm. fact that utilities are expensive, the fact that you have to meet high minimums when you want to... You know, when you want to order uh, your ingredients from a from a you know a, f- a food provider, um, you know, sourcing all of your stuff can be expensive. And the opportunities to do that as a group, and um, and to really share those resources, make it possible for food businesses to to start and grow in ways that it's much harder to do when you're just working alone. And so, just creating those opportunities to share, <laughs> share resources, share a facility. Um, and, you know, we would expect that, that food businesses would graduate and move on to wherever they're graduating and moving on to. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, you know, this is a place that they might reach the limits of at some point. And that's, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. You know, I hadn't even thought about that. What if you're making thousands of jars of strawberry jam? Right. And you need a, to buy a lot of sugar, but right. maybe you can't reach the minimum. Right, you know? or you don't have any place to store it. There you go. Right, I mean, you you right. It's, you know, you might be able to, you might need and be able to afford to buy the amount of sugar that you need to do it. But if you don't have a place to actually store that sugar, then that's a problem. And you end up as you grow your business needing more specialized equipment, equipment that a kitchen like this might not have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really just depends. I think there's a right journey for every business, and we just hope to sort of 
I mean, our project really is to meet businesses where they are and try to help them have the resources they need to move to where they want to be, you know, whether they're just starting and need basic kitchen space or whether they're, um, you know, well into their business and want to scale and grow but aren't necessarily ready um, or mm-hmm. don't necessarily have the resources to go into a restaurant space or a, or a facility of their own. I think that... Real Good Kitchen is sort of really based on the belief that food can be an engine for economic opportunity. And so our mission beyond, you know, facility and community is really um, having a larger economic impact, having a larger social impact on the community. And we are set up as a public benefit company, which means that sort of the tagline of public benefit companies is doing good by doing business. Um, And I think we believe that as we're doing business, as we're creating a sustainable business of our own through Real Good Kitchen, that we can also do good for the community, Uh, you know, create jobs, uh, be great partners in the community, really work with, you know, nonprofits and other groups across the community to provide opportunities across the community to underserved uh, entrepreneurs, to lower income or working class entrepreneurs, to what I like to call and and borrowing from another organization, underestimated entrepreneurs, you know, people who maybe aren't able to find the resources they need. And we're really committed to being as affordable as we can be for everybody, but also providing some you know, low-cost packages for people to get started with their businesses, as well as um, even, we hope, some scholarship programs um, in the long run. So, yeah, as a public benefit company uh, engaged in social enterprise, you know, we really want to make as much impact, uh, be as committed to making an impact in the community as we are to to being a sustainable uh, business financially. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. My guest today is Bailey Foster, founder of A Real Good Kitchen, a food incubator launching in Knoxville, Tennessee in 2020 on Magnolia Avenue. After a break from our sponsor, hear a little more from Bailey and how you can get involved with A Real Good Kitchen. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes to you in part from Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee, an East Tennessee sustainable farm raising grass-fed beef and produce and producers of wholesome farm products, charcuterie preserves, pickles, and jams, and also home to the Century Harvest Farm Foundation, fighting food insecurity in our region while offering empowerment, new jobs, and healthier futures to people in need in our community. And Century Harvest Farm Foundation, along with Back to Our Roots, will be hosting a Greenback Community Potluck Dinner. This takes place on Friday, December the 20th from 6 until 9 p.m. at the Greenback Community Center. And this event has come together out of the desire to give people in the community who are alone or unable to enjoy a holiday dinner a place to be, good company, and to eat some good food. There's no cost to attend this event, but donations will be accepted, and all donations go towards the mission of feeding the local community. Takeout containers will be provided for our neighbors who are not able to attend. More information about this event by Facebook, Greenback Community Dinner, 
and centuryharvest.org. You're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and my guest today is Bailey Foster, founder of A Real Good Kitchen, a food incubator launching in downtown East Knoxville in 2020. Real Good Kitchen is currently asking the community who either have a food business or want to start one for input as they finalize decisions on construction, design, equipment, and pricing plans. Let's hear a little more from Bailey Foster of A Real Good Kitchen right now. We want to do all the things that that make sense for our local food ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to the facility itself, the production facility and storage facility, we also plan to have a classroom and event space um, that will create access to market for the businesses that are working here, but also opportunities for all kinds of learning, all kinds of pop-up events. I mean, you know, we really just want to be a part of of creating jobs, of course, of economic development, um, but also really building on the wonderful maker community, the wonderful food ecosystem, the the beautiful food that um, local growers grow here, you know, building on all of that and really elevating and diversifying our food ecosystem, you know, just providing the resources to amplify new voices, um, just continue to to create just a really strong and diverse uh, food ecosystem. Will you give me an example or two how food can do good? Give me an example, would you? Sure. Well, I mean, I think that food can do good in so many different ways. And the, the name, Real Good Kitchen, is really based on um, the idea that we would do tangible good in the community through this business. I think at a really fundamental level, food is just a great common language. I mean, everyone eats, um, everyone has their own food traditions. There's so much that you can learn and enjoy and share. Um, You know, food is about hospitality, it's about coming together, it's about trying new flavors. Um, I think that's just the most fundamental way. And one of the things, I mean, I am a great food lover, and it's been a sort of source of real joy and beauty and fulfillment in my life since I was a kid, um, you know, from cooking with my grandmother. You know, everyone has those those kinds of stories. And um, I've never wanted to be a food professional myself, but I think, I hope that through this kitchen, you know, I can do what I can to help other people bring their food stories alive, bring their food traditions to Knoxville and really be economically successful doing it. I mean, because again, you can give food away, you can <laughs> you can cook food, but if you can't, and you can share it with others, um, but you can't if you can't uh, support yourself and your family and have some economic sustainability and economic security by doing it, that that's much harder. Um, but you know, the other thing is I, we have a kind of more specific mission uh, with Real Good Kitchen, and and that is fundamentally to make change through food. And I think we mean that in in lots of different ways. There are more than two hundred shared commercial kitchens, incubator kitchens across the country. Um, in fact, 
Nashville has at least two. You know, Memphis has one or two. Chattanooga has one. But then, of course, they exist in, you know, in other big cities and rural places. Unicoi, Tennessee has one, uh, Mountain Harvest Kitchen. You know, and all of these kitchens are really betting on the idea that if they create shared spaces, um, lower barriers, and offer resources, that they can really help uh, communities uh, create these economic opportunities, um, help with economic development, allow new voices to be heard in their, you know, in their food communities, and also really change the balance of economic power. There's something to be said for going, for working for your own dream. Um, and to me, that's what Real Good Kitchen is about for me, but it's also what I hope we can help others do by opening the kitchen and, and making those resources available. I think the other way uh, that's really important to me to think about with Real Good Kitchen making change through food is just, again, going back to the idea that food is such a common language and that through building up our food community, amplifying new voices, lowering barriers and providing resources that we can really strengthen our community bonds, um, create more spaces where people come together, uh, more spaces where everybody is welcome, more ways for people to do things that they love and make a sustainable living and also, you know, educate the others in the community. I mean, if we can, if Real Good Kitchen can be a place that people think about uh, when they think about interesting new food, when they think about local food, when they think about places they might want to come and experience, that just creates opportunities for everybody. It sure does. And Lord knows that there's enough fast food, but not <laughs> right. And then you're in this wonderful community here in East Knoxville, and you're surrounded by thousands of people who probably are such good cooks. Right. You know, and, or anywhere you plop down, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, and that's not ever seen if if it's just going after the fast food. Well, that's true. And I mean, the other thing is that a lot of people have informal food businesses mm-hmm. or they have, they cook in their homes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if we can show the potential um, and offer the resources to sort of formalize those food businesses, mm-hmm. make them really economically viable, mm-hmm. I think that just creates all kinds of, all kinds of new and exciting opportunities. It does. Um, there's, I should, uh, I should give credit where credit is due, and there's a, a wonderful incubator kitchen in San Francisco called La Cocina, and Yee. they really, uh, they've been around for 15 years or so. Um, they started in the Mission District in, um, in San Francisco, and they really grew out of a, out of a need for commercial kitchen space for immigrant women women of color, lower income women living in the community already, you know, making food and selling it informally in their homes or in bars or on the street corner with food carts. And they really wanted to create a space for those women to to be able to do that legally and also to grow their businesses. And and they have done that and they have um, made it not only the space, but a community and a real formal a curriculum, food food business curriculum for these women that they help. And in the process over the past 15 years or so, they have really transformed the San Francisco Bay Area food scene. Um, they've just, you know, brought voices to the scene and and created opportunity, helped create opportunities for so many people, so many wonderful 
cooks and food makers uh, from around the world, really. Um, and one thing, they have this uh, they have this cookbook that they just published, and um, I should put a plug in for it. It's a beautiful book um, sure with is. so many uh, stories. Uh, it's really built around the stories of the women who have been part of their incubator over the years. Uh, it's called We Are La Cocina, but their executive director, Caleb Ziggis, has a really interesting and um well i'll just read it he's he has uh in his introduction to the cookbook he says talking about la cocina we've had the unique opportunity at la cocina to build the world that we most want to live in it's a world a kitchen more specifically that welcomes everyone we have done so in the name of economic opportunity and with the belief that everyone deserves an opportunity to make a living doing something they love to do. Um, I think that if Real Good Kitchen can have even a fraction of the impact on you know, the Knoxville community, we'll be happy. <laughs> but it's really that. It's this very intentional idea um, that, and we had, and I had this feeling moving back to Knoxville too, um, that we want to be part of of building a community in a world that that we really want to live in, where everybody's welcome, where everybody's talents matter, um, where we all uh, have access to and can share um, wonderful food of different kinds, um, and where we really see and recognize each other's talents and gifts, and you know, if we can help the Knoxville community do that, then it will be exactly what we wanted to accomplish. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. My featured guest today has been Bailey Foster, founder of A Real Good Kitchen, a food incubator launching in downtown East Knoxville, Tennessee in 2020. And if you'd like to get in touch with A Real Good Kitchen directly, I put links in my podcast notes, also links to Century Harvest Farm Foundation, and also the Greenback Community Potluck Dinner. Also, that's where you can find information on how you can enter that auction to possibly win that fly rod that Walter Bad made, and a link to the website from Muddy Pond Sorghum, Fred Sossman, and Chef Matt Gallagher's restaurants Amelia and Knox Mason. And again, I wanted to mention that Real Good Kitchen is currently asking members of our community who have a food business or want to start one that they are looking for input as they finalize their decisions on construction, design, equipment, and pricing plans for launch in 2020. Real Good Kitchen does not advertise with the show. It's just the kind of good news I like to share. Now talk about Christmas time. Let's talk about an authentic Tennessee agricultural product. Let's talk about sorghum, muddy pond sorghum to be exact. This is not found at your big box stores, but rather smaller independent markets and fruit stands all across Tennessee. Well, next here, a potluck radio segment from our friend Fred Sosman from Johnson City, Tennessee. He features Mark and Sherry Gunther of Putnam County, Tennessee, owners of Muddy Pond Sorghum Mill and makers of Muddy Pond Sorghum. And after that, I've put in a little ditty from Knoxville chef Matt Gallagher. He owns and runs Amelia and Knox Mason. He's going to talk with great reverence 
about muddy pond sorghum, butter, and biscuits. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Saussman. Today, we're in the kitchen of Mark and Sherry Gunther in Overton County, Tennessee, on the Cumberland Plateau. Mark and Sherry own Muddy Pond Sorghum, the largest producer of sorghum syrup in Tennessee. Sorghum is a uh, very labor-intensive thing. There's very little machinery out there for it. and It's a hard way to make a living. It, it's a lot of work to it. There's uh, seven boys in our family and one sister and dad said, well, I was the oldest one. I was 16 in 1981. He said the family's big enough. He's going to set up his own operation. In those earlier years, in 1981, when we started, we, we cut it all by hand, machetes, stripped the leaves off, cut the heads off, and hauled it in and ground it out with the horses. Gravity flowed down the hill to the, to the pan, to the mill, to the cooker, and had a wood fire underneath there. In, in I guess, 1987, then, we were introduced to the steam. And since then, we've been cooking with a locomotive steam boiler and have a steam pan. This year, the Gunthers grew 73 acres of sorghum cane. We've actually got a homemade machine now that goes out to the field and cuts the cane and runs it through the mill, squeezes the juice out of it, and we just haul the juice in. Or We usually start uh, Labor Day weekend, and then we cook three days a week, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and uh, usually try to get finished by the end of October. Here in the South, most people uh, use it on biscuits and cornbread. Mark Gunther says he enjoys his sorghum syrup on just about everything, from pizza to ice cream. Sherry Gunther says he's also known for a special sorghum sandwich. He gets him a slice of bread and puts uh, sorghum on it, and then he puts peanut butter on that. Then he puts him a couple slices of tomato, and then mayonnaise on top of that, and salt and pepper. That's Mark's special. I'm Fred Saussman. And now let's join Chef Matt Gallagher of Amelia and Knox Mason Restaurants in Knoxville, Tennessee. He's going to let us know how he likes his biscuits with country ham and sorghum butter. Ronnie Lundy's term for sorghum butter is gravy horse. Um, beyond that, I love biscuits. You know, I've, I've learned to make biscuits. My mom's a great bis biscuit maker. My granddad makes great biscuits. Um, but it's taken me uh, most of my career to get to a point where I feel like I make good biscuits. But <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of our biscuits now. Um, but um, yeah, I'm happy with a, I'm happy with a biscuit with sorghum butter and country ham. It's one of the best things, one of the best yeah. flavor combinations uh, that I can think of. But um, tell me about sorghum butter. What is that? Well, it's basically just uh, butter that we soften and add sorghum to, just mm. spike it and flavor mm. it. Um, sorghum is a is a little. Um, yeah, maybe a little esoteric. I think a lot of people just consider sorghum to be molasses, but those are two very different things. Uh, when you're talking about flavor profiles, molasses is a byproduct of the sugar refining process, so it's it's sweet and syrupy, but it's it's kind of a singular note. Um, sorghum is a, actually a grass um, that's harvested in the fall, and, and um, a very traditional method of turning that um, the tall grass into a into a uh, delicious syrup, but the sorghum is sweet and syrupy, but also has a, a really um, complex, um, somewhat earthy, there's a little bit of a bitter note, which actually works pretty well with the sweetness. Um, there's a little bit of sourness in there too, so it's a really complex flavor, um, but the sweetness is the, is the overriding um, 
flavor, but um, but I think with the saltiness of the country ham and kind of the fluffiness of a biscuit, it's a really good combination for me. This is Alan Benton, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. And here's something that might be of interest to you if you've got a mind for fly fishing or know someone who does. A bamboo fly rod made by East Tennessee fly fishing legend Walter Babb and 10 dozen flies tied by him will be auctioned off Saturday, December 14th at about 5.30 to 6. This auction benefits the Needy Family Fund of Sweetwater, Tennessee, and this organization is made up of 20 area churches that raise money to buy food for families in need for Christmas. This auction will be held at the Sweetwater Primary School, but you don't have to be present to bid on the rod or the flies. Now, might want to get a pen and pencil out here to pre-register in order to participate in the auction. You'll need to call a telephone number first. You'll be calling... Phil Roy beforehand at area code 423-337-1212 to register. When you talk to him, you'll be given several phone numbers to call in your bid during the live phone auction. If you didn't get that phone number, I put it on my website, tennesseefarmtable.com. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to the program today, and I'd love to invite you to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and through my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd just love to hear about your farm, recipes, or just to say hello and connect. Our theme song was written by myself and musically arranged and performed by Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee. And if I remember correctly, I think she recorded that from me when she was just nine years old. I think she's 15 now. She's got a new album called Family Wars, and it is really good. More information at TheEmmySunshine.com, and she spells that E-M-I. I hope you have a really good week, and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.